Everybody and welcome to the True Crime Squad. This is Katie Weaver. I'm here with my sister, co-host, and partner in crime, Christy Brower. Hello. Hello. Hey, everybody. How's it going? It is going well. It is going very well. It's November 1st. It's November 1st, you guys. I saw a comedian, a British comedian today, who does a whole bit about how we all spend all of November going, can you believe it's already November? <laughs> I mean, I've already said it like three times today, and I was like, yeah, we do that. Mm-hmm. It seems like it rushes up every year. Right. It, it does it actually come. takes exactly the same amount of time every year, so not really, but, <laughs> well, but either it way, first. It is. Here we are. Yeah. Well, and we hope that you guys had a fun Halloween for those that, uh, that celebrate. We we went to our sister Kara's house because she's the only one amongst us that gets trick-or-treaters. Yes. So we usually go there. So we went and had dinner and played a game and just, you know, had fun. As we were all leaving to go home to go to bed, you know, because of our yes. oldness and all, the uh, younger set were all climbing in their cars to go to a party. <laughs> it was very funny. It was like, wow, we are definitely... The older generation in our family now because mm-hmm. yeah we were like it's eight o'clock we got to go home to bed or whatever <laughs> and these kids are like well this party's just barely getting started <laughs> yeah yeah okay, we were like man. by the time you get your costumes on and get ready that party will be over and they're like uh, it goes till one yeah oh yeah <laughs> we, we're the old ladies of the bunch so oh my we gosh. went home to bed while they went out to a party. Yep. Mm-hmm. For sure. And it was just fine. That was fine with me. Uh, yeah, it was fine with me as well. <laughs> <laughs> no, the late night partying days of my life, they, they're over. Yeah. Yeah. No, thank you. I mean, maybe on a special occasion, but Halloween during the school week uh, or work week is not special no. enough for me. Tuesday <laughs> night? No. Mm-mm. I mean, I love Halloween and everything about it and the lead up to it, but yeah, no way. But Yeah, me too, but ugh, no. Yeah, That sounds terrible to stay up till one o'clock in the morning. <laughs> for sure. Hmm. But it is our Wednesday episode. It's we are Wednesday. going to be back here at 7 p.m. Mountain for our case updates, Wednesday night case updates. There's a bunch going mm-hmm. on, particularly uh, the trial of Caitlin Armstrong has finally yes. started, and that's uh, kind of started with a bang. So, yeah, yes, we'll yes. be here talking about it. Uh, mm-hmm. But in the meantime, we have a jam-packed episode for you here. So, Christy, I know that you are going to kick us off with some creepy crime. Oh, yes, I am. Well, a Halloween murder from 41 years ago has been solved. Wow. I know, right? This is the murder of Clifford Smith. Let me show you a picture. This is Clifford here in black and white. And this very attractive sack of moldy mayonnaise, I don't even know what to call him, uh, is... Ronald Jack Anderson, and it turns out Ronald Jack Anderson, 
killed Clifford Smith all wow. those years ago in 1982. Oh my gosh. And investigators being, I don't know, the kings and queens of irony arrested him on Halloween of this I'm here year. for it. So yesterday. Yep. Mm-hmm. I know. I think it's kind of awesome. So Clifford's case went cold as soon as it happened. Mm. He was shot in the head and left along the White River in rural Indiana uh, in the early morning hours of October 31st of 1982. Mm-hmm. His wife reported him missing four days later, but his body wasn't actually found until December 1st. No arrests have ever been made in this case. Uh-huh. And this case has just sort of passed around as a cold case to various state police detectives for 40 years. Oh, my gosh. Right? And they just really, I don't know. I'm still pretty confused. They're keeping it pretty close about how this has actually come together. But th- there are a few things that we know. Uh-huh. Um. So apparently Clifford Smith and Anderson, the man who is, uh, who is alleged to have murdered him, uh-huh. were actually hanging out in the same group of people um, in Seymour, Indiana, on the night that Clifford Smith was murdered. Okay. These two men actually left this gathering together around midnight. And what police believe now is that um, Anderson, when they left, took a shotgun from the house Uh um, and loaded it. So what I am getting, reading in between the lines about this, is that they've finally managed to get some people to tell them what they know. Uh Because this is not a DNA for the win case. This is not a new technology case. This is literally detective work that has taken 41 years, which is pretty wild. Mm-hmm. It's pretty wild that anybody was still even working on it, to be perfectly honest. Yeah, it is. So investigators believe that uh, Anderson shot Smith uh, that in, you know, in the early morning hours of Halloween of 1982. Mm-hmm. And that they have determined that he did, in fact, die from a gunshot wound to the head. Wow. Now, they know now that Anderson actually took that shotgun that he took from the residence in this little town in Indiana, and he returned it to that house uh-huh. within a few days of killing Smith. So it wasn't his house. It wasn't his gun, weirdly. Wow. They also believe that he actually returned to the scene later, Anderson did, to remove other evidence. Oh, and then just went on with life as though nothing had happened. And then they didn't find Smith's body for a month. Oh. Right? God, so the guy's poor family. I know. That he's missing all that time and then found dead with absolutely nothing to, mm-hmm. to go off from. So investigators said there was really no one big break in the case. That they have been slowly grinding through re-interviewing witnesses and re-examining evidence uh-huh. and have found this. They just, um, it's crazy. Wow. So now, of course, they're also, you know, helping um, Smith's family who, you know. Yeah. Never... I've just wondered for 40 years now who murdered him. Yeah. My God. 
Yeah, um, they said we could not let another anniversary of Clifford's death go by without giving his family answers to what they've dealt with for decades. So unironically, then they um, arrested him on the same day on the anniversary that they believe of of Clifford Smith's death. So I just think it's kind That's of amazing. Wild. And this fool's been going on for 40 years thinking that he got away with this. That he got away with it. He's 61 now. So he was 20 years old when he killed him. We do not know what the motive is. We There's still a lot we don't know. And I'm sure we will. Um, Anderson hasn't even made his first court date yet or anything. So we'll learn more as we go along. Um, Any ideas of his criminal history or if he has one? No, nothing yet. Wow. This is so very new. But I just thought it was really interesting. And I just love that they that they solved this and they arrested him on the 41st anniversary of his death. I think it's kind of cool. Um, and I also, I have to really appreciate that there are police departments out there all over the United States with police officers like this that will doggedly investigate something as cold as Clifford Smith's case. Yeah. Right down to a resolution. Mm -hmm. You yep. got to put on them. Ooh, that's pretty amazing. It is. It so if we learn more uh, about this and about the perpetrator. I will keep you updated. Uh -huh. um, but I just, it was, it's cool news. I'm glad. Yes, I'm glad for his family. Yeah. Joy for Clifford's family, for sure. Yeah. yeah. At least to, to start to get some closure. Also, uh, obviously, Anderson needs to get the hell off the street. This guy, what else has he done in the last 40 years? Yeah. Don't know. Good question. Yeah. I'm sure they'll be looking in his... DNA will go into the system and fingerprints and all that stuff. And maybe there'll be other things. We don't know, but Could be. just kind of had to give credit where credit was due to the mm -hmm. uh, Indiana state police for cracking this finally. Yeah. And with that, I'm going to kick the mic back to you for our main case. Okay. Well, we must be operating on a survey today because oh case also is an older case that has finally had an arrest, though not 40 years oh. old, just seven. Oh, seven well, that's old enough. Wow. long years for her, the family of the victim. This yeah. is Marina Placencia. Okay. And Marina Placencia was living in Racine, Wisconsin back in 2016. And with her four children and her boyfriend, uh, he was the father of three of those children. Okay. And Marina was a terribly battered woman. No. Oh. And everybody knew. The neighbors mm -hmm. uh, had called the police many times. Her aunt had uh, intervened multiple times. She had been hospitalized multiple times. Oh, wow. And in fact... Angelo Mantic, her boyfriend, had even gone to jail for a hundred days for battering her. Oh wow! It was bad. And I mean, isn't he like suspect number one? Well, you'd think so. Mm -hmm. So Marina made a plan with her family. Angelo had told her if she tried to leave him, he would kill her. Mm. Uh, one of the neighbors recounted a time where he held one of their babies over the balcony of their apartment and told her oh God. that if she didn't do what he said, the baby would go. Oh, my God. Mm -hmm. 
Oh, that's terrifying. The other children uh, also had reported being beat by him. The neighbors said that he was uh, beating the shit out of her and the kids every day. Uh, so her family lived in Denver. And they had made a plan with her that she was going to move to Denver. And when she got there, she and the kids were going to go straight to her mother's house. And she was going to file for a protective order and for divorce and try to get away from him. And that way she'd be in the care of her family. And hopefully that would help, uh, you know, help her to be able to do so and stay alive. For sure. So neighbors reported that as they were packing up and getting ready to move, because of course she couldn't leave without him. He was going to. Uh, there was all kinds of abuse and nonsense happening uh, outside of the apartment. In Why? fact, uh, oh, let's see, about a thousand articles open about this. Every article has a little bit in it that is different than the others. I'm, this is a really new uh, filing, so I'm doing the best I can to get as much information as possible. Uh, sure. At any rate, neighbors said as they were moving, he was throwing furniture off of the balcony, screaming at the kids, screaming at her, calling her, uh, you know, see you next Tuesday and a dumb bitch and mm -hmm. to hurry up and screaming at the kids. And it was just honestly business as usual, apparently. Uh, he also, in March uh, of 2015, he was charged in a violent sexual assault of someone else. And, oh, sorry, that's a different, no, this was somewhere around 2015, not March, sorry. He was charged with a violent sexual assault in Colorado of a different person. My God. And that case was moving along until she quit cooperating and it eventually was dropped. Oh, no. In... March of 2015, they were watching TV and Angelo got upset about the race of one of the characters on the TV and used that as a reason to start accusing her of cheating on him or wanting to cheat on him. Oh my God. And hit her so hard that she lost her hearing in one of her ears permanently. Oh, shit. Whoa. Yeah. So there's a really bad history here, right? So they get on the Amtrak. So it is Marina and Angelo and all four kids on the Amtrak headed for Denver. So they leave from Wisconsin and they go to Chicago and move to a different train and they head to Colorado. And when they get to Denver, Angelo gets off of the jam track with her his four children and marina stays slumped in her seat completely unresponsive oh no angelo's on the platform crying vomiting very upset of course uh you know, emergency services are called they try to uh to help her but she dies she essentially was already dead when they got there oh she obviously has a lot of injuries. She has 35 injuries to her body. Oh, my God. Uh, multiple broken ribs, uh, 
lots of uh, blunt force trauma type injuries. Uh, the autopsy says a bruise to the right cheek, bruises around her mouth and face, bruises on her thighs and calves, bruises on her upper body and the right side of her abdomen, as well as fractured ribs. There was also uh, quite a lot of blood in her abdominal uh, region. Oh my God. Okay. So he how did she even get on the train like that? Right. People on the train said they didn't see anything. They didn't see them having any kind of a scuffle or any issue and didn't know what had happened to her. He said she just took a nap and just didn't wake back up. And just appeared with all those injuries? Are you fucking kidding me? He told what? the police they happened during the move. He said a door hit her on the shoulder when they were moving furniture. He said that she was carrying a box when a door hit her in the face. He said that the two-year-old daughter scratched her face. Yeah. What? So, the 35 of injuries from moving? Yeah, I don't know. Right. That, that seems like not what happens. Yeah. No. Yeah. So her body, of course, is taken to the morgue. And her poor brother was there at the station to get her and the kids and try to immediately oh, no. shuttle them away uh, to mom's house and discovers her dead. And her family is just beside themselves in every way, as you can imagine. Yeah. Uh. So in the morgue, they do an autopsy and they detail all of these injuries, including the inter internal bleeding, the broken ribs, all of it. And then they rule her death as undetermined. What? Like a person could have actually done all of those things to themselves? Right. And her family's yeah. like, what the hell are you talking about, undetermined? We know who killed her. It's obviously, you know, what right. happened to her. But nothing. So they've been pushing the for years to get some justice. However, CPS pretty much immediately recognized that uh, Olangelo is not a safe person to have around children. And all four of the kids were put in protective uh, foster care. And, and it is believed that they are still in protective foster care uh, oh, crap. up to this point. Now, this was seven years ago. I mean, what the hell, police? Mm -hmm. This is so, like Ellen Greenberg all over again. Oh, it's just unbelievable that this could go on this long. Yeah. Wow. So recently, earlier this year, her autopsy was put in front of an expert. That expert being, oh, let's see. I'm afraid I've lost it. Let me make sure I can tell you because this is, it was put in front of an expert who is the, he was one of the expert witnesses in George Floyd. And oh, his, okay. and I can't believe I can't find his name. His specialty is uh, asphyxiation and strangulation. Okay. 
And he determined that her death was indeed caused by asphyxiation. Now, that was his expert opinion on the matter. And so that went to the police. And then, of course, the police, uh, you know, started diving deeper into it and deciding that, oh, okay, then. Maybe this was a murder. And finally, just uh, in October, finally, I've arrested him. Why did it take seven years to determine that? It, I it just, took a... I do not understand. Oh, Dr. Bill Smock. Sorry about that. Dr. Bill Smock. And Bill Smock, yes, okay. uh, testified in uh, George Floyd, testified against uh, the officers that had murdered George Floyd. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So he takes a look at it. He says, this is homicide. This is asphyxiation. Uh, he said that uh, basically it, it appears now, sorry, that uh, he, she was like suffocated over the nose and mouth. Remember all the bruising around her mouth and face? Yeah. Well, That's and with all of those really injuries happened. to the rest of her body, how could she possibly have fought back if he was just pinning her? And covering her mouth she right. probably just didn't physically have the ability she to even fight ribs. him yeah there was no fighting oh sure my god sure so all of these years her family has been waiting for justice and wanting to know what the hell is going on here right. but finally so it took an expert in the field taking another hard look at her autopsy making a declaration about what he believes happened to her uh and calling her death a homicide for the police to finally uh, take action. And so at any rate, he has finally been arrested and charged. So that's that's the good news and a very frustrating story. Right? Uh, My God, been... the fact that it took them this long with those yeah. with all of those injuries, how the hell did they think she got those injuries? I mean, come on. Yeah. He's been living free for seven years and this guy is dangerous as hell. Can you imagine what else he's been up to in the last seven years? Probably tons of domestic violence against other women. Mm -hmm. And sexual assault, clearly. And He's not above assault. that. So, mm. yeah. Yep. I'm expecting asshole. that a lot more information is going to come out about what he has been up to for the last seven years. But for now... But hey, police in Colorado, good job for giving him seven more years to offend. What mm. the hell? Yeah. I would think this was the kind of guy we would want off the streets. Call me crazy. Wouldn't you think that? Yeah. Yeah. So... At any rate, justice today for Marina, for her family, for her children. And we will definitely watch this one march through the courts. Uh, yeah, because this guy needs to go away forever. Ever. And also, yep. where's the oversight mm -hmm. in this situation? Mm -hmm. Why did this take seven years? It's ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. Absolutely. Especially when you look at all of the evidence that they have, all of the interviews with neighbors and with family members and the previous domestic violence on record and her trips to the hospital. Right. Like this didn't take a genius to solve, you know? No. It shouldn't it have taken an expert witness to solve. Fuck. Yeah. yeah. It could have taken a detective that gave a damn at all mm -hmm. about her. Yep. Clearly yep. they didn't. No. So there you have it. So with that, I am going to kick the mic back over to you for some WTF news. Aren't you, though?
I keep saying we need a little bumper for dumb criminals because this is a dumb criminal. This just happened in North Dakota. So this we're talking about um, a woman who poisoned her boyfriend with antifreeze just a few short hours after he found out he had inherited $30 million. Oh! In Minot, North Dakota. And oh, <laughs> that's not sus at all. No, yeah. right? Not sus at all. This is Thea Kanoyer. This is our genius criminal right here. Here she is with her boyfriend, this poor man who unfortunately lost literally everything. Stephen Edward Riley Jr. is his name. Um, so, I, first of all, I'm just dumbfounded by this because, I mean, it's a horrible thing. She killed him for that money. And poisoning by antifreeze. Hours after finding out. That's well, so what's Right? What we're hearing is that he had made a statement to somebody that when he received this money, he was leaving her. Uh -huh. I mean, okay. She's got crazy eyes. I'll give her that. She's terrible. Give him that. Yeah. Yeah. So he um, died on September 5th of this year uh -huh. in Bismarck. And his autopsy found that he died of ethylene glycol poisoning. Um, she had apparently made comments about poisoning him with antifreeze to his family before and after his death. I mean, come on, lady. You're just not making it hard for anyone here. Yeah. So apparently somebody saw her dump some of his stuff outside and then he started feeling unwell. So I'm not exactly sure if this was dumping his drink or something that belonged to him outside. And then he started feeling sick. Uh -huh. There'd been some tension in the relationship and he was, they'd been together for 10 years and he was talking about leaving her. Uh -huh. After he died, uh, Kenoyer tried to tell authorities that she was entitled to part of that 30 million because they are common law married hmm. turns out in north dakota uh they don't recognize common law wives and uh the police <laughs> said when they told her that she was incensed <laughs> i mean this brainiac okay did not even make sure that legally that was even true before yeah. she so unnecessarily took this man's life my god she told uh, the medical staff that he had suffered heat stroke and had been drinking when he got sick and she took him to the hospital. Uh, however, the hospital or the autopsy shows that there was no alcohol in his system, just, you know, mm -hmm. ethylene glycol. There was a Windex window cleaner bottle that had uh, antifreeze in it found in her living room. So real oh. genius material here. Uh-huh. He was apparently on his way to claim the inheritance when he got sick on September 3rd. Oh. Was hospitalized on September 4th and died the next day. Oh, my God. 
yeah, I, what the hell? It's horrific for him and his family. And it's also just, what a fucking idiot. Right. So You know, like. Unnecessary and stupid on every level. Yeah. On every level. Take his life because of money that was obviously his. I mean, when mm-hmm. we inherited from our parents, our dad's attorney told us, mm-hmm. you, when in Idaho, and I don't know if every state's the same, when you inherit, that money is not community property. If you are married, mm-hmm. that money is only yours. Yeah. And, um, you know, he just was, had the good fortune to inherit a lot of money. Yeah. And for that, she killed him. Now she'll go to prison for life. He's gone. Yeah. No one, you know, and I, I guess his family will benefit from that money. But I mean, she blew up her entire life and destroyed somebody else's for mm-hmm. nothing. For money Very they didn't sad. get. Yeah. yeah. Really sad. Mm-hmm. But I just like, my God, you know, mm-hmm. dumbest criminal on the planet. Like it wasn't immediately yeah. her that everyone looked at. Like, I don't know. I mean, in a way, I'm grateful because they caught her quickly and, you know, she's going to go away for a long time. They have tons of evidence against her. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just sad. It's really sad that that's what it came down to for her is that she yeah. would rather steal his money than be left behind for someone who's got money. I mean, mm-hmm. just gross. Well, I, I hope the prison is always cold and she never makes a single friend and that it's absolutely yes. the very worst for the rest of her life. Mm-hmm. And the bed bugs inhabit her pubic hair. Yes. <laughs> oh, that too. Okay. I mean, why not? Why not? Well, <laughs> there you have it. Uh, just a quick note that we have launched our merch store uh, as a part of my Etsy account. And and you guys have come up big this week. Wow. I've spent the entire yeah. day uh, making and filling orders. So I'm super excited. But a few yeah. things you've probably been noticing our tumblers that we're both drinking out of. This mm-hmm. is one design. Christy's got the other. So there's two tumbler designs. But Scott mm-hmm. also just handed me a hoodie that just came off of the embroidery machine. So I wanted to show oh, you. This is nice. one of our. I don't know if you can see that because I can't see. Is that good? Oh, it's yeah. really pretty. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah, and it's embroidered. Piece. So this is a nice, nice hoodie. Oh, yeah. Super nice. So we're very excited about that. And this there's is my mugs. coffee mug. Yes. Oh, yeah. See, it says, quite frankly, Your Honor, it's voluminous. Mm-hmm. If you know, you know. And, mm-hmm. you know, there's a Pryor's Clutch and Pearls right there. Right <laughs> on the mug. For sure. And we all know I wear, these are my Clutch and Pearls. I wear them on behalf of John Pryor on our live streams. Because, you know, if he had them, he'd be clutching them. You can tell by the look mm-hmm. on his face. He frequently just does anyway. It must be yeah. an air clutch. Yeah. I Yeah. Yeah. It's there. He just isn't able to wear the pearls, but I can mm-hmm. wear them for him. For sure. So we have two different hoodie designs and there's uh, three different t-shirt designs. Yeah. So be sure that you Y'all have asked. All of it so we finally answered. Mm-hmm. Just go to truecrimesquad.com and there's a link right there. You can just click right on it. It takes you right to the merch store. Yep, we are super, super excited about all of it. So go and check it out for sure. Mm-hmm. Well, guys, that's what we've got. We'll see you back at 7 for case updates. And, of course, we'll be back next week with all new uh, material. But don't also forget to check out Patreon. We had two yes. brand new Patreons come out on Monday night. And 
Of course, Patreon is a great way to support us, kind of be a part of the inner squad if you would like to be. You can find that over at truecrimesquad.com or just go over to Patreon and look for the True Crime Squad and you'll find it there. So mm-hmm. yes, well. thanks so much for being here, you guys. Please take good care of yourselves. You know you deserve mm-hmm. that. This has been yet another production of the True Crime Squad. Bye, everybody. Thank <music> you.